This is Friend of the Family, created by C. Paris and is a Strange and Unusual production. Please visit our website at strangeandunusual.com. That's S-T-R-A-N-G-E-N-U-N-U-S-U-A-L.com. Thank you. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to the Thrilling Adventure Hour, Friend of the Family, sponsored by Bovine Teen, that magical elixir that is the delicious, nutritious drink slash snack that both kids and moms love. The year is 1943. War rages in Europe, but our story begins at the stately grounds of Belford Manor, Monday morning as the family members gather on the estate for a sad day, a funeral. And not just any funeral, dear listeners, but the funeral of the Belford family's most illustrious member, the Hunter, a fighter against both injustice and the supernatural. I don't know that you could call Charlie much of a fighter, hence the funeral. Also, where is the regular guy? Oh, he got drafted. How in the bloody hell does a disembodied voice get drafted? Do you really care? Fair point. Just treat me the same way you treat him. Oh, you may regret that. Are you done then? Because if you don't let me continue as Modius, then the story never starts and I'll be forced to go on and on and on. Point made, fine. We begin at Charles Belford's funeral, a young man taken in his prime. He lost his life in the fight against supernatural evil, namely Nazi werewolves, which everyone knows is just the worst kind of werewolf. Now that he has fallen, who in the Belford clan will take up his mantle? The next hunter has been chosen, and it is none other than Angela Belford, just returned from across the pond. Been a long time since I've been home. Not much has changed. Some things have changed. Hello, dear sister. Hey, Maggie. Still running the place with an iron fist? But of course. If I didn't, who would? The woman talking to Angela is, of course, none other than her older sister Marjorie, head of the Belford family. She takes care of the business end while the hunter takes care of the fighting. Takes care of the fighting. That does not even make sense. Oh, Asmodeus. You remember Angela, don't you? I go by Angie now. Formality was always sort of your thing. Oh, but Angela suits you so well. You truly look like an angel. Clearly Europe agrees with you. Thanks, Asmodeus. But you'd better stick to flirting with Maggie. You were always more sort of her thing, too. Pooh, you're no fun. Quite the contrary, friend. I'm just a little temperamental for you. Asmodeus, I'm afraid my sister is one fish you won't catch. But I'm sure you two will find that you have a lot in common when you start working together. Asmodeus, you go on ahead. I think services will be starting shortly. I'll be just a moment. Of course, Marjorie. Angela, I suppose I'll be seeing you shortly. Asmodeus strolled away from the duo and towards the casket, leaving the two sisters alone with each other. There was a tension in the air, thick enough to cut with a knife. It was Marjorie who broke the silence. Angie, I'm sorry. There's a first. I know you don't want this, not anymore. But after Charles died, there was nobody else. You understand that, don't you? Hey, family first, I get it. Please. No, Maggie, I really get it. You've always been practical. Honestly, I've always admired that about you. For me, it's always been about doing what I want, damn the consequences. I should have been the hunter to begin with, and then maybe we wouldn't be burying poor Charlie. He knew the risks. Well, so do I. Anyway, no hard feelings? Besides, now that I'm going to be the hunter, you'll probably have a whole lot of new things to be cross with me over. Marjorie smiled. I suppose I shall. Now come along. I hear it's going to be a lovely funeral. Aren't they always? 
After paying her respects to her short-lived predecessor, Angie Belford found herself whisked away to the secret ceremony of the Hunter, an ancient rite steeped in mysticism, one so sacred that I fear immortals such as yourselves, dear listeners, cannot be privy. Instead, let us rejoin our stalwart hero on our way back across the Atlantic and back into the breach that is war-torn Europe. My god, do you ever get sick of babbling like that? You can breathe without talking if you are not aware. I wasn't talking. No, not you. So who were you talking to? Your conscience? No, actually... I'm kidding, I know you don't have one. (laughs) What on earth would the point be? Only seems to stop people from having fun. Oh, it has its uses, I suppose. None that would suit you, of course. My point. How long until we are at our destination? A few hours more. It was nice of Maggie to spring for a private flight. Beyond nice, dear listeners, it was a damn near, if you'll pardon my friends, it was a damn near miracle to get a privately purchased plane, not to mention the bribery involved in getting it across the Atlantic during these troubled times. Well, you know, Marjorie, time is of the essence and spare no expense. Business has been doing well since the war. Poor what's-his-face notwithstanding, it would seem that violence on such a scale has a huge influence on the supernatural. Hardly surprising. What can you tell me about the mission? Pardon? Well, my understanding is that we're continuing whatever it was that you and Charlie started. Oh, having the foggiest. Some sort of wolf thing, I think, is the problem. I had not the opportunity of getting to kill anything before he bit the big one. Of course you didn't. If you had killed the thing, odds are the mission would have been done. Angela, you are as sharp as ever. Could have been sharper. Could have just read the mission file. Let's see, per what Maggie gave me, it looks like we're hunting down a book. Not wolfy things? Must be some book. You have no idea, my darling audience. Angela Belford's mission is none other than the search for the dreaded Lycanomicon, that famous and dreaded tome revealing the ancient secrets of werewolf creation. Lycanomicon? So a book about making werewolves. Why not simply have one transfer the infection via bite? That's one way to do it, sure. But per Maggie's file, the book outlines other means. Means they could be deadly in the hands of the Nazis. This could be their means to werewolf mass production. Nazi werewolves. Ugh, that would be the worst kind of werewolf. Indeed. That's why when we get off the plane, we'll be meeting with an expert on the book. Some historian that Maggie reached out to. Oh, but I hate historians. They're always old, boring, stuffy men. Can we not go sightseeing for a bit? Oh, but as Moody's cannot be more wrong, folks, for when they departed the plane, they find a comely young woman waiting for them. Why, she's a real looker, folks. Long auburn hair running down her back in cascades, the horn-rimmed glasses she's wearing merely emphasize her large azure eyes. Can this be the expert that Marjorie had arranged for? Dibs. The two elbow and fight each other, climbing over one another. Dignified. In order to reach the bespeckled beauty. Excuse Pardon me. Oh, Asmodeus, I think you left something on the plane. Don't need it. I really should make introductions. Age and beauty before beauty. Well, that's hardly behavior befitting the world's foremost duo of supernatural salvation. Though Angie makes an earnest attempt, Asmodeus uses his unnatural vampire speed to gain the lead. It is perfectly natural speed if you are a vampire. I'm sorry? I said it is a tremendous pleasure to meet you. Why, you cannot be the expert Marjorie described. Why not? Is it not obvious? Someone as youthful as yourself could not have spent the years necessary to become the leading expert in... whatever it is you are an expert in. To the vampire's surprise, instead of being delighted by his flirtation, the woman bristles. Well, I will have you know, sir, that I most certainly do have the qualifications to be the expert in lycanthropic transformations relating to the occult. And I have worked very hard to become so, and I will not be dismissed like, like, some child. 
Ooh, quite the misstep for Asmodeus there. By this time, our heroine has saddled up next to the confused and distressed vampire, a charming grin spreading on her face. Never mind, Asmodeus. He's harmless. Well, actually, that's pretty far from the truth, but never mind him anyway. You must be Geraldine Alda. Thank you so much for meeting us. My pleasure. But please, call me Jerry. I thought we were fighting the Jerrys. Yes. Thank you. Because I haven't heard that one all the time since the war started. Sorry, what is happening? Yes, strike it out! Jerry, I'm Angie Belford. This, as previously mentioned, is Asmodeus, who is usually quite a bit more charming than you've seen here. I really am. Well, I suppose I'll take your word for it. Now, if you both aren't too jet-lagged, I'd like to go ahead and get to work. It may be late, but if my suspicions are correct, I fear that the Nazis may be about to get their hands on a very powerful artifact. Yes, the Lycanomicon. It was all in Maggie's report. Seems to me like the last thing the Nazis need is to have a pack of werewolves under their control. You've done your research. I knew that too. Face the music, Asmodeus. This fish isn't interested in what's dangling off your line. Your metaphorical mixtures are just embarrassing. Please stop. Not so long as I find them entertaining. While Asmodeus tries to recover from his faux pas, Geraldine leads the two of them down the runway, giving them the word on the impending lupine crisis. So, as you know, the Lycanomicon is rumored to be one of the last great relics of the ancient world, on par with the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Supposedly, it was smuggled out of the Library of Alexandria shortly before its destruction. What information does the book have, exactly? I know it's about making werewolves, but the recon didn't contain much more information than that. I'm afraid there isn't much more information to be had. Never had the pleasure of reading the book myself, mind you. But based on the other texts I've read that discussed it, it appears to contain powerful occult spells that can create the creatures without having to have the lycanthropy spread by bite. That might be a problem. It gets worse. Research suggests that werewolves created by the book retain more human reasoning than your average werewolf, which means that they could follow orders. That's an even bigger problem. But how would the Nazis even find the book? How do they ever find anything? It's said they ruthlessly invaded the place where the book was being kept. You know how those filthy Nazis are obsessed with the occult, and they have no respect for other people's property? If, if they see something they want, they just take it. And furthermore... Well, what's this, folks? Why would it appear that our heroes and Asmodeus are being ambushed? A car suddenly screeches to a halt next to them, and while Angela is quick on her feet and readily draws a pistol, Nazi after Nazi pours out of the vehicle to surround them like some sort of horrible Third Reich clown car, to the point where one could not see, but a Nazi! Oh my god, your puns are getting worse and worse. What's the matter, boys? Can a couple of gals pal around with an escort without getting the third degree? Hello, Fraulein Alda. You would not believe the trouble we had tracking you down. Now, if you come quietly, we shall not hurt your companions. Oh, but what's to stop us from hurting you? Please, you're outnumbered. Momentarily distracted by addressing Angela, the Nazi is attacked by Asmodeus, who seizes the opportunity to rip off the villain's limbs, disarming him in mere moments. No more puns! And with that, the fight was on! Angela and Asmodeus going through the entourage of evildoers like a tornado of violence, while Jerry did her best to stay out of the way. One by one, the miscreants fell until only three Nazis remained standing. Hans, Franz, I fear we shall have to go to Plan B. Plan B is not going to help you go against a vampire. Oh, I think you would be surprised. And then a hideous transformation begins to take place. The men's uniforms begin to grow and bulge and stretch as fur begins to wildly grow all over their bodies. Geraldine faints from the sheer excitement of it all. 
had only missing the pavement due to Angela's timely intervention. In mere minutes, the Nazis have transformed into, wait for it folks, werewolves! You know, I cannot help but feel I should have seen this coming. Back into the breach, I suppose. And the fight in Susanu! As Modius and Angela fight as viciously as ever, but the feral fascists prove to be a greater challenge than before. While the two of them each hold their own against a werewolf, the third takes the opportunity to snatch the unconscious Miss Alder and whisk her away into a car, tossing her callously into the passenger seat before driving off, leaving his two companions to their fates. While the remaining werewolves are dispatched not too long after, by the time Angela is able to raise her head, the car is long out of sight. Damn, we lost Jerry. I should have been better prepared. Well, if it makes you feel better, we were clearly winning until they started cheating by being werewolves. All in all, not very sportsmanlike. I appreciate the thought, Asmodeus, but I won't feel better until both Jerry and the book are safe in my arms. How about you take the book and I will take Jerry? You're welcome to try, but frankly, I like your odds better with the book. So, Angela and Asmodeus go off in search of the hijacked historian. Dear listeners, if only I could reveal the location of the lovely Jerry's whereabouts. You could, you know. I can hear you. But that would violate my solemn oath as an observer, ever watchful, but never interfering. To do so would violate a standard in ethics. No, you could have just said no. Meanwhile, as we depart the scene in the ungracious undead, we find ourselves miles away in an underground bunker where young Jerry groggily awakes to find herself strapped to a chair. The plush cushions provide no comfort as she struggles helplessly against her bonds, much to the amusement of the fiend in the SS uniform before her. Ah, Fräulein Alda, you're awake. Where am I? I assure you, Fräulein, you are quite safe. For now. That wasn't my question. I will be asking the questions around here! So, where are you going to? Oh, right. Shoulder gong. So, Alda, let us discuss the book. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I am quite sure that you do. Or perhaps I should be more specific. The maniacal Nazi holds up a leather-bound book, inscribed with ancient ruins. This can only be the fabled Lycanomicon. Through undoubtedly underhanded means, the Reich has already gotten their hands on a surviving copy. Does this look familiar, Fräulein Alda? I would hope so, given your dedication to researching it. Damn, you've already found it. I was hoping that was a rumor. All right, Nazi scum, if you have the book, then what do you want with me? Sticks and stones, Fräulein Alda. It is true, we acquired the book through means I shall not bore you with, and have already begun our experimentations. However, we have come across unexpected setbacks. A woman with your skill and dedication could prove most useful, and you would not go unrewarded. So you've kidnapped me to bribe me? What makes you think I would ever work for the likes of you? Oh, I have my ways. In fact, let me introduce you to them now. Kinder, into the room, bitter. Men begin filing into the room, marching in perfect unison as they stand before their commander before turning and facing him. They end with a disgusting fascist flourish. Hi, Major Was? So few of you? Where's Hans? Franz? Wolfgang? Sir, I am afraid they have fallen to the Fräulein's companions. You are telling me that now our number have been reduced in half? Well, Fräulein Olda? It would appear you were quite the difficult acquisition to make. No matter. Soon, with your help, our number shall be growing. No matter what you do, bribe me, torture me, or what have you, I'll not aid the likes of you with creating Nazi werewolves. Why, that would just be the worst kind of werewolf! 
We shall have to agree to disagree. Now, that part of the book was actually relatively easy to decode. There are issues with the mass production, however. That will be where you come in. If you will be so kind as to translate a minor passage we have been having trouble with. I really feel like I'm running out of ways to say that I will never help Nazis. Fraulein, it is just you, me, and my armed men. Honestly, does this not tempt the scholar in you? Or the occultist? The Lycanomicon hints at secrets even greater than mere werewolves. In response to his evil offer, Geraldine says some things that are uh, rather unbecoming of her status as a lady. What was that? What was what? There was a horrible voice just now. Could you not hear it, Herr Major? I hear nothing. His voice! It fills my head with inanity! Well, there's evil and then there's just rude. Seriously, I hear nothing. Maybe the lycanthropy has unintended side effects. Silence! Men, focus! As for you, Fraulein, I did my best, but it would seem Mutter was right. She always said I was not a people person. Gentlemen, if you would be so kind as to bring out the instruments. Not so fast, Nazi scum. Uh, Angie, you're here! But how? Yes, I also would be interested to know how you discovered my secret bunker. Nothing to it, actually. Jerry, you let us right here yourself. I did? But I didn't know where I was going. No, but you may be the only person in the city who wears perfume with myrrh in it. Is anyone going to point out that I am the one who did the actual tracking? Why, you seem to be doing a fine job on your own. You noticed my perfume? Right after I noticed your eyes. Oh, I get it. I seriously cannot believe this is happening. I do so hate to interrupt, but you both are rather unexpected. Dieter, Klaus, Gunther... Dispatch of the gentleman, but capture the girl. She may prove useful in assuring Fräulein Alder's cooperation. Ooh, two mistakes there. One is that I can be captured. And the other is that I am no gentleman. The clash begins! Angela and Asmodeus charge forward, the Nazis meeting them head-on as their horrible transformation takes place. Geraldine can do nothing but watch wide-eyed as she is still tied to the chair. While our duo are still outnumbered, they have the advantage over their adversaries and are unable to dismember one before he has fully transformed. Herr Major, they are gaining the upper hand. Shoot them, for God's sake! Just because you are all werewolves doesn't mean you cannot shoot them! Oh, right. Shots ring out in the underground bunker, but it would appear that Herr Major Hare overestimated his lupine troops' ability to shoot. Already poor shots due to their evil alignment, it would seem that claws do nothing to help their ability to aim. A bullet travels wildly across the room. The miniature missile first bounces off the ceiling, then ricochets off the nearest wall. From there, it collides with the barrel of the other Nazi werewolf's gun before. Oh no, dear listeners! It's headed straight for Jerry, who is unable to dodge even if she could move at lightning speed. The only person capable of moving in time is Asmodeus, currently grappling with a lupine opponent. It's coming straight for her! Ah! The bullet breezes past the restrained academic and hits Herr Major Hara instead. That was a close one, folks. Everyone turned and stopped to stare. You fools! Must I do everything myself? Stand back and watch how it should be done. The SS officer pulls out a small vial from his breast pocket, which glows green with an unnatural light. He grins wildly, his face a mixture of triumph and desperation, before gulping down the vial's contents. <laughs> you know, I can't help but feel you could have stopped him in time, Asmodeus. I want to see where he's going with this. I'm not sure I do. 
Hey, Major Hart, I begin to go through a horrifying transformation, dear listeners. His jaws begin to elongate with sharp and pointy teeth. His body stretches into a twelve terrifying feet of length. His eyes bulge as the skin of his ears stretches audibly. Dear listeners, I fear to look at what the Hair Major has become. He's a bunny. So he is. That's awfully anticlimactic. Was is das? Ah, welcome to the world of the supernatural. The Lapine Menace looks around the room, disoriented by the many changes he has undergone in so short a time. Ah, de Grosfeld Dumkoff, make it stop! Perhaps if I slaughter everyone, he will stop talking! Oh, great. Thank you so much, oh disembodied voice. I... I didn't... Anyway... Hair Major Harder is evidently not adapting to the change well, as he attacks at random, smashing one of his own men into a wall with a powerful kick. Angela takes the opportunity to free Jerry from her confines and lead her into the relative safety of a corner. I just wanted to say, if we don't make it out of here alive... Angie leaned in for a deep kiss, tilting Jerry back. We will get out of this alive. I'm counting on taking you out later. <sighs> Asmodeus, go ahead and take care of the pup. I'll handle the big bunny. <clears throat> Whatever you say, Angela. Be sure to save a foot for me. As money makes short work of the remaining Nazi werewolf while Angela takes on the hair major hare hair. Stop punning. Both of you stop screaming. I'm getting frightened. Frightened, eh? That may be just the ticket I need. With that, Angela pulls out her trusty whip from her side and lets out a loud... <laughs> The Hair Major, terrified of the thunderous whip crack, panics and runs into a wall, knocking himself momentarily unconscious. Angela stares over him as she pulls out her pistol and dispatches him in short order. The gun? I thought you might finish him off with the whip. Well, the whip isn't primarily for fighting. Nice. Then what is the whip for? Oh. 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 Let's flash forward to where Angela returns to the stately Belford Manor, her first mission a complete success. She meets up with Marjorie Belford for the mission report as they watch Marjorie's two young sons, Lawrence and Timothy, at play. Cute kids, Maggie. They must take after you. They have some of their father in them too, I suppose. Angela felt a tugging on her shirt and looked down to see the seven-year-old, Lawrence, staring up at her wide-eyed. Gee, Auntie Angie, is it true you took down a whole army of werewolves by yourself? Something like that. Nazi werewolves, actually. Golly! That has to be the worstest kind of werewolf. Lawrence, darling, please go on and play with your brother. Your aunt and I do have business to attend to. Okay, Ma. Talk to you later, Aunt Angie. Bye! The two women watched the young boy run off. So you safely retrieved the Lycanomicon from the Nazis, then? Yes, Maggie, and already filed it in the family archives. Not a bad job for my first mission, was it? Not at all. You seem quite suited for the part, dear sister. I'm glad you and Asmodeus have gotten along so well. Like a house on fire. Helps that we have shared interests. I'm sure. Whatever happened with Geraldine? Pardon? The historian I had you meet? Oh, right. It didn't work out. Oh, Angela. I left her a letter. Indeed, at this very moment, Geraldine Alder opens a letter. To whom it may concern, I had fun fighting werewolves. Nice time. Not going to work out. She's dumping me? I didn't even get to look at the book. And that draws a conclusion to tonight's episode of Friend of the Family. Stay tuned and hear more adventures of Angela Belford and Asmodeus the Vampire. And be sure to drink your bovine teen. Good night, dear listeners, for now.
Hello there, this is Angie Belford, and you've been listening to Friend of the Family, a strange and unusual production. I've been directed to give you the following instructions. If you like what you've heard, like, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. You can also visit our Facebook page, Strange and Unusual Productions, and our Twitter, Circle A Friend OT Family. I've no idea what any of that means, but Marjorie assured me it's of the utmost importance. There's also a site on the web, Strange and Unusual, period, com. That's strange, the letter N, unusual, period, com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, ladies. This is Friend of the Family, created by C. Paris and is a Strange and Unusual production. Please visit our website at strangeandunusual.com. That's S-T-R-A-N-G-E-N-U-N-U-S-U-A-L dot com.